What up, what up? Skirt. Diving into a little ketchup here. Swish. We got the news. We got the things we've been watching. We bought a mic and sports. Oh. Sports are back, baby. For In freaks. a bubble. Yes. You know, Republicans buy sneakers, too. We bought a mic. Hello and welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm Ernest. I am a Boston Celtic, specifically Jason Tatum, jersey shirt wearing hunter. Wow. Nice jersey. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. It also doesn't <laughs> entirely even look like the jersey does, logo-wise. Yeah, um, it's, it's fine. It's a jersey. I'm Drew. It looks like a Walmart tee. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck off. This was bought in Boston, right outside the garden. I bought this thing. <laughs> the garden? What garden? TD Garden, baby, with the Celts play. Oh, okay, okay. And with the Bruins play. Isn't it the Celtics? Go Socks. Is it Celtics or Celtics? They the the basketball team is the Celtics. Okay. There are also if you are uh, a, a leprechaun from yes from the United Kingdom region that go by the Celtics. Are they are they playing right now? In the yeah, bubble? they are. I'm tuning into the score as we speak. They are currently losing to the Miami Heat ten to six, but get, also get that fucked. game just started, and I am upset that we are recording during game time. Well, Whee! keep us updated as the show goes on. Okay, well, we have some. Uh, Big, big news items to start off with today. Sorry, can I get an update on the score? <laughs> oh, well, my phone actually just updated. It is now 26 to 20 with Ooh, a minute 24. It's actually a lot bigger. Than <laughs> with the heat. So my phone is actually lagging a little bit on the the heat, the heat leading? Uh, yes, the okay. heat are leading. Miami, baby. They didn't have to drive much it's for this it's game. Because it's so hot. Well, are they are they staying in yes. the bubble? Like, that's that's all, the whole point of the bubble. They're all staying in resorts at Disney. Yeah. Well, we can get into the whole bubble setup later on the episode. Yes. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. It's very interesting and uh, potentially and it's already of, falling apart. It's going strangely well, um, which but it's potentially catastrophic, <laughs> <laughs> much like this podcast. So speaking of catastrophe, movie theaters might be facing their catastrophe now that Disney has laid down the gauntlet. Mulan. It's going straight to Disney Plus, boys. Next month, this is fresh out the gate today. Uh, this was not going to be on the docket until the news broke. And now I just I want to get our our fresh takes on the state of cinema in the covid uh, pandemic uh, story of the of the week, because this is this is probably one of the biggest developments uh, in this whole fucking mess. This is the biggest movie um, that got pushed back that is now seeing a straight to digital release bigger than um, Trolls. Well, you're forgetting future best picture winner Trolls World Tour. Bigger than uh, King of Staten Island. Yes. Um, bigger than Tenet. Oh, wait. Well, I mean, <laughs> that one out over there. <laughs> it, I mean, does does Fortnite count as straight to digital? I think that is like. A, a cinematic event um yes it actually mm. was the the trailer drop was like one of the better theater experiences of my life <laughs> um 
So we're getting a $30 Disney plus rental. That's a what lot of in money. the fuck? A lot of money. I'm not going to spend that whole amount. I'm going to watch it with the gang. <laughs> Luckily, we are part of the Hollywood elite and we do have a very dedicated sponsor, Sugar Daddy bankroller, Brian, <laughs> who um, through his uh, generous contributions will allow us to see Mulan yeah. when it does drop. Yeah, we're, thanks Thank to you, you Brian, Brian. We can recommend to you and to you only whether or not you should watch this movie. For $30, $30. rental. So here's, here's the thing, because everything else that was coming out, Trolls and King of Staten Island, all these were 20 it makes sense that they're putting this at 30. There's a lot of families that, I mean, if you have a family with two or three kids buying movie tickets for you, you are going to spend more than $30 anyways going to a movie theater to see it. And there Plus are also all the other things involved with going. Yeah, right. exactly. And there also is a significant portion of the population, the more privileged side that uh, has not experienced income loss from COVID and in fact is saving money because they're not doing anything outside. Mm. Uh, so they'll they'll drop 30 bucks, no problem. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, this is like... <laughs> Once again, everyone, please wear a mask because uh, movies are not the end all be all of all of this. But I mean, I this does make sense. This doesn't really this isn't quite as alarming to me as it is to a lot of other people. And maybe it's because I already kind of thought to myself that movie theaters post COVID are going to go in the same direction that they've already been going, which is that not good, <laughs> which is yeah, which is not great. And it's that the new Marvel movie gets 12 of the 15 screenings at your local theater, because that's what this market is already going for is. And Disney's greedy. Yeah. And they're going to go Disney and the Fast and the Furiouses of the world. Those are already going to dominate. Smaller indie films are already getting pushed out of theaters. It's just now with VOD being more readily available, they have a place to go instead of just like being released, kind of hovering in limbo for three months until they can eventually uh, come out on like Google Play and YouTube and stuff like but that. But the, the the big thing with this one, this is a first of all, this is a two hundred million dollar movie. And the big thing is that it's not going to all of the usual video on demand platforms. Like we've been watching things like first cow and King of Staten Island and a bunch of other things. Like there's options when these things drop. Yeah. Like YouTube, Amazon. Yeah. Whatever. This is going straight to Disney plus yeah. Disney is going to corral the full share of the money. It's not splitting it with anybody. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to have to access Disney Plus and you're going to have to pay extra for the movie yeah. itself, which that is a huge deal. And I did the math. If they want to break even on this $200 million budget, 30 bucks a pop, they need 6,600,000 people to do this. So, I mean, that's accounts, two, Disney that's, Plus accounts. That's a little over 2% of the country but we should also say internationally and a lot of other countries that are, are doing getting better years, yeah. yeah that actually um had governments and plans in place to take care of the coronavirus six months ago they are still getting a theatrical release so america doesn't have to bear the brunt of everything um for uh disney at break even but yeah i mean i 
I still think that's really doable. That's also not accounting for the fact that Disney Plus already was doing really, really good given this yeah, pandemic. They broke a hundred million subscribers, I think. Right. And they were already doing great before this pandemic. And maybe there's people who had a free trial or they had something and then they canceled it because they're like, oh, I can only watch Gravity Falls so many times. And now they're going to have to get back on there in order if they want to be able to watch Mulan. So that's going to also bring in an additional line of income, even if that money isn't directly going to Mulan. Disney as a corporation is still going to be fine with all of this. I also would never, I wouldn't rule out the idea that regardless of when theaters reopen, when they do, uh, the studios putting out their big releases that they'd already put out on demand. Like I could see them just to try to gain no, something. 100 yeah. percent. I could see them doubling up and getting the people who just want to go outside and yeah. now can. And it's cleared. And also a good amount of people are just simply not going to get on Disney Plus, but might go to a movie theater. I don't know who the fuck they are. They're weird. But, and the thing is, like this, this movie specifically, like King of Staten Island, not a big screen movie. This movie it's it just looks big. It, it it has this this epic scope to it. That trailer made me get goosebumps every time it came on. Like it just looks so good. And I know we've been burned with all these other fucking stupid Disney uh, live action remakes. But this one with a with a female director and an all Asian cast, it just seemed like it was going to be the one to live up to that big cinematic release and it's just so sad that it's it's not looking like it's going to happen yeah i i mean drew you brought up about um studios re-releasing their big properties back in theaters i'm curious of how that actually works contract wise because another low piece of news we didn't have on the docket but was that universal settled with their uh lawsuit with amc and shortening the window. Yeah. Normally the window for um, putting a movie in theaters and then releasing it on demand is like two to three months, something like that. Universal. This is only with Universal and AMC theaters. Just those two things. So not Regal, not your Sony's, not Disney, anything like that. But they shortened it to three weeks. That's so that means insane. that that means that theoretically, if Fast and Furious comes out beginning of April in theaters next year, if there is a next year, <laughs> then by the end of April, you can just rent that shit from your house. That's I mean, that is th- nuts. Think about Scoob. Scoob. I always do. <laughs> Think about Please. Scoob. You honestly, you just don't need to remind me about Scoob. It's on the mind all the time. Scoob went twenty dollar premium vod rental and then i think it felt like three weeks i i I don't know exactly what the time frame was i don't have it pulled up but very very quickly it went straight to hbo max like no not much of a of a long tail on that one i could see mulan going a a similar route where they maybe they'll drop it down to a $15 rental or a $10 rental and then eventually just get folded into Disney Plus proper. So, you know, listeners don't feel like you have to shell out 30 bucks for Mulan yeah. unless it really means a lot to you to support a movie like this with a with an Asian cast and 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 you're somewhat attached to the to the Mulan story if you want to support uh this 
big movie with with your money but yeah the if only you don't, like we said the only way we're affording this is from our, our daddy yeah and also um we're going to have to split the money by assembling a theater's worth of friends into <laughs> one house thereby defeating the purpose of closing movie theaters yeah i well so I, it is kind of a bummer that i mean like it's disney i don't uh, I'm never going to say that I feel bad for Disney as a company because they own literally everything. Um, shout out to the NBA dub, uh, bubble sponsored by Walt Disney World Result Resorts right here in Orlando. Um, but I do feel bad for the people that worked on Mulan. And I really wish that if they wanted to get a big property out that they would have just pushed Black Widow out on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. over mulan that's more of like a sure yeah which Mulan's i, I like, know it's a more female-centered cast but still like mulan it's or er, mulan it is still have some kind of a fresh take you would yeah. hope on this idea where black widow i'm just expecting another mcu movie mm -hmm. which who Standard. knows i mean maybe in two weeks disney will announce that black widow will get the same treatment i would not maybe, be surprised yeah maybe i feel like they'll wait and see what mulan does financially for them and then based on the results of that then they'll do the same thing well, with black widow this is a perfect segue to our listener email today from the man himself, Brian Adams. Oh, there's our daddy. Uh, we uh, have a question from him. We bought a mic at gmail.com. Um, yo. And that's his email, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he claimed it uh, well before I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Brian Adams says, uh, yo, I was on a dog walk just now and got to thinking, <laughs> is Dune still supposed to come out? In time for December. Yeah. Mm, I have yep. high hopes for it. Uh, we'll spiral into a deep depression if if it has an ounce of campiness to it. Wow. Me too, Brian. Uh, Dune, Tenet, and Wonder Woman 1984. Just all half. Just let them all be hits. Also, is there an actual schedule for release for the rest of the Avatar Blue People movies? I see... <laughs> An article about those almost every few years, but I'm not holding my breath for them. Uh, I will always prefer your discussion to any simple Google search, Brian. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, Ernest, we should clear the paint for you to go off about your blue people, because this is something that you are very passionate about. Well, you know, you can't doubt James Cameron ever. And he did get special permission from the New Zealand government to resume pr production on the Avatar sequels. Um, they did get pu all pushed back a year, but that's just so he can, he can, he can cook. Don't you, you know? love when a sequel comes out 14 years later after the first one? Well, I think the, by the time the fourth one come out, comes out, it'll be around the 20 year mark. This is like the before trilogy. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's Sam Worthington, that same, that same amount of detail and weight. <laughs> Sam Worthington will have had a blue child at the very end of uh, the first Avatar movie that will now be a grown adult. <laughs> yeah, all I want to see is is blue Avatar people just walking around beautiful European cities arguing oh. with each other. Uh, so so when is the, the next one supposed to come out? Avatar 2? Yes. It was. So for some reason, it was it was scheduled for this year, which mm -hmm. is crazy. But now it's scheduled for uh, uh, December 2021. Because well, now it's, uh, it, I mean, it is a Disney thing and there was no big Marvel movie and no big uh, Star Wars movie this year. So they tried to like find the sweet spot and be like, this will be the big 
Christmas time blockbuster to take your family yeah. to. Avatar World is popping off at Disney. I yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. Um, There's coronavirus all over that ride. I I can't wait. They like permanently closed or at least closed for the foreseeable future, like the water ride and stuff like that. All these. Yeah. Some of the I mean, that's where I draw uh, the line. Guess There's what? Water that could clean me. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. Don't no. go to theme parks right now. <laughs> I know they're like, we're limited capacity, but it's like if you're waiting for an hour in line in close quarters with everybody else, it's probably not the best move. There is pandemic. something wrong with you. <laughs> If you were doing this, I mean, we There's something deeply wrong with we're you. more exposed to this because we live in very near proximity of Mouseland. But listeners, you should know there are people that are like creepily obsessed with Disney. Yeah, well, World. here's the thing. I'm a slut for the mouse. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I go home and you I sound like I every boink girl my little that, on, uh, on Tinder that I match with and then immediately unmatched <laughs> once I read their bio. <laughs> I there work are, for the mouse. There were hundreds and mouse hundreds ears. of these absolute freaks of nature. 19 slash F. Who are honored for the, the mere opportunity to be a labor slave to Disney World and scoop up horse shit every day. I, are they, they they're like, I wish I didn't get paid, sir. Thank you, Mr. Walter. It is a deranged what is wrong with these people. Are they excited to wipe coronavirus off of these sweaty rides? Yes. They actually love it. Um, they've all been intentionally getting it so that like they think that it's like a herd immunity thing, but like opposite. <laughs> Maybe they're convinced that like the mouse will protect them. They're like, if I believe in Tinkerbell, yeah, yeah. she'll save me from the COVID. Mm -hmm. They also are not vaccinated. Yeah, <laughs> they're all anti-vaxxers, too. Well, if you if pray anybody, to the fairy godmother, you don't need a vaccine. I mean, look, if any like person in the film industry is uh, leaving behind filmmaking to try and find a cure to this pandemic, it would be James Cameron because he <laughs> is an insane human being. Yeah, he is actually a crazy person. Um, to answer, what were Brian's other questions about Dune? Is Dune coming out? Apparently. Yeah, I mean, there's been literally no everything's news. getting pushed around like Top Gun was supposed to come out last month, got pushed to December, now pushed to summer 2021. Here's the thing. I don't think Dune was going to make like three hundred million dollars to begin with. It's so weird. Yeah, it was kind of a weird time slot. Anyways, that was October. I could see it getting pushed to December because they yeah, really, I mean, really want it for award season. Somebody at Warner Brothers is the biggest nerd on the planet, and I love it. Denis Villeneuve lost hundreds of millions of dollars making Blade Runner 2049. And they're like, yeah, let's give you an even more obscure sci-fi franchise yeah. to lose even more money on. I, I, Brian, I would love to know your input on the, uh, the eighties David Lynch Dune adaptation. <laughs> that is, uh, David Lynch actively hates and hated working on because he had no personal say in it whatsoever. Um, I, I feel like there's a version of Dune made by David Lynch. That's like a masterpiece. Cause it's such a strange story, but they were like, let's make this kind of like an adult star Wars, which is just bizarre. missing the point completely. That sucks. Um, as far as the a December release goes, I think one major factor is going to be how severe the uptick is when schools reopen and everyone is spreading With the COVID spread, even yeah. more. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because that I, I, I cannot foresee any circumstances in which we would re lock down, at least in our state, because it should have already happened. It seems like there's just nothing that would cause them to do that. It's 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 so out of control at this point that. 
I don't, I don't see that happening. I mean, right now we're in August. Theaters are supposed to open in two weeks. They're already, they were supposed to open last month. That didn't happen because Tenet got pushed. But as of now, we're supposed to open in two weeks and then we're supposed to get Tenet in a month. I can't, Labor keep Day giving, I can't keep giving tenant news. Like it's just exhausting. It's, it, it's literally, it's just like Charlie Brown with the football. Yeah. Like I just, I can't even talk which about tenant. Which is why I expect more than actually like getting movies in theaters. I expect more things like the Mulan news that, that right now, that just seems like it's, it's just the more likely thing to start happening. I don't see that happening for Dune and tenant, but Maybe something like Quiet Place Part Two or something like that. New Mutants just put it out of its misery. Yeah, just <laughs> kill that thing. Um, I so I've seen. I don't remember. It was something on Deadline or Hollywood Reporter, I believe. But um, I can't remember what the studio was. But one of the studios said that they're almost now just like thinking about just putting new movies out now because. We are in Florida, which is now the new epicenter of the country. But if you live in a place like, yes, of the world, but if you live in a place like Wyoming or like just one of these more. um, I heard that we have a giant listenership in Wyoming. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like Wyoming, the Dakotas, like any of these kind of places that aren't big, uh, like that haven't had covid tests in over a month, then you can probably open up your theaters and be safe now if there's nobody in your community that has Mm -hmm. coronavirus. Exactly. The problem is that more people are hesitant is because New York, LA, and now Florida, which Florida less the lesser of the three, but New York and LA still have growing number of COVID tests going positive. So they have been almost kind of circling the idea of, could we just open up, um, our movie in uh, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Could we open it up in mm-hmm. like just where the in like Sioux Falls? <laughs> like Brian, we, Brian might have a better shot at seeing yeah, Tenet Brian, in theaters than, than we are. Brian, you might have to give us a review. Yeah, I I just don't see Hollywood foregoing releasing in major cities in favor of tiny ones. I, but I they're for go- they're releasing internationally first. That's what's that's what is going to start to happen. Like yeah. Tenet is going to open. In yeah, many well, it's, it's also yeah, it becomes a piracy issue. Obviously, oh, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Um, like they have to be concerned about that because the rips are going to be out there, particularly if they're releasing in like China. Say, like it, <laughs> there are going to be so many torrents available. I'm going to start emailing it to people as a burner Chris Nolan account. <laughs> I'm going to make like Chris Nolan 6969 at gmail.com. That'll be me sending the rip. Are out. you going to do like, um, oh, fuck it. What's the name of the, the, the person who wrote the twilight books? Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Myers on, about how she was going to release a new book. And then she put out, she like released all these fake versions of it. And one of them leaked and she was just like, I can't trust my fans in, and then in the, in the Nolan. I, I leave all my decisions up to what Stephanie Myers thinks is her and JK Rowling mm-hmm. in the Nolan. That, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're taking it too far in the Nolan rip. Um, uh, Robert Pattinson goes full for, uh, frontal nude. Hey, and, um, and we love it, but only in the Nolan rip. 
Yeah. Yeah. Release the Which Nolan is, rip. as we've established, is actually your, <laughs> That's actually your version. <laughs> Interesting. It's yeah. Like, it's, it's like a really poorly done Photoshop <laughs> job. It's like Mark Wahlberg's penis from Boogie Nights photoshopped onto Robert if, Pattinson's If you body. like enhance and zoom in, it's just Christopher Nolan's face as the head <laughs> of the penis. I think that's what his dick actually looks like. <laughs> a lot of dicks kind of look like Christopher Nolan. He's not the best looking guy. So uh, we also have uh, today's a Brian uh, extravaganza because we also have a, a voicemail anchor.fm slash we bought a mic. Um, let's hear what he has to say. I haven't pre-screened this, so we may oh, have to no. cut this out of the podcast if he's like talking about JK Rowling or something. <laughs> let's hear what, what Brian's got to say. Well, bam. What's up, guys? Nice. It's Brian. Uh, have a couple of points to retcon if you'll have them wow. from the Matchstick Man episode a few weeks ago. So, first off, at the end, I'm suggesting Weatherman with Nicolas Cage. I've never even seen Weatherman. I was thinking <laughs> Family Man. You fucking Good liar. Um, Mona Lisa Smile. Uh, have to do it more credit. You know, it's a um, 10 out of 10 movie. Julia Roberts <laughs> teaching these students how to self-actualize and find more value for themselves beyond the day-to-day crap expected of them in the 1950s. Um, Hard recommendation for anyone that hasn't seen that one. Skip the natural. It's okay. Whatever. (laughs) That was the Uh, unspooled podcast. I slandered it. Brain fart. Cause I actually do like that podcast a lot, but no free advertisements. Cause we bought a mic is all we need. All right. Nice. Wow. So, Thanks, I, so it seems like a lot of what you said was just ob- objectively <laughs> untrue. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say, don't listen to unspooled. Um, they're bad. Just keep listening to this one podcast, like on a loop. They took our idea, head. our initial seed of an idea we had, which is what if we talk about movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they have a whole other deal now, but it, it's pretty much a, one you could say one they, you could say they went a little bit unspooled. Um, the natural, I won't hear anything about cut that out, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard recommendation <laughs> by Brian and Brian only. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all about the scout. Okay. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're a scout only. Pod I have had here. the scout just like in my list on, I think <laughs> on it's on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. And I've just kind of had it on there. And like the other day I was like, well, I could watch, I could watch network or I could watch the scout. Which mm. one should I do? And I simulcast both of them at the same time. Oh, okay. There yeah. we go. It was, it As was great. you should picture okay. in picture. Yeah. <laughs> That's what dual monitors are for. Mm. You do, you do two movies per monitor. So now you're four wheel in it. Remember yeah. when it was like the coolest technology that you could like have a second football game like on tiny in the lower right of your big football game that rocked and you could flip back and forth. Yeah. Take me back to when I, I saw that and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And like my dad was like, Drew, check this shit out. So here, the real move is that you have to just have a second TV out in your living room like I currently have. Yeah. You have a second TV. I have a smaller TV in my living room because I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Shit. And he just gave you a TV. So, so <laughs> I have a picture, problem. picture Hunter in his living room, big TV, mm-hmm. small TV, mm-hmm. laptop, tablet, 
phone. I do. I so here is the thing is that you're making a joke out of it. But last football season, I did have I had the main game. I had the Pats game on the big TV and then I had red zone on the medium TV. And then I had like some other game that I have some fancy people. in. Yeah. And you you live relatively close to a hospital over there. And the the power was like going out in that hospital at all times. (laughs) Rolling blackouts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they have like COVID patients in the hallway, Please. just blinking in and out of consciousness. And I'm just like, yo, the Celtics just got the lead. <laughs> Guys in the other room on her Xbox, she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the voicemail, Brian. Um, thanks for those retcons too. We we love to retcon here. Just don't do it too much, you know. <laughs> Try to stay straight. These are as our an first uh, like listener retcons. Like you know, our first guest retcons. Are they? Yeah, Brett's welcome to come back anytime and like apologize. We've had we've had some minor ones take. from other ones, but not some hard like. Yeah. Hey, my sole purpose today is to go Look, back. I'm and just say saying, I was if you wrong. guys if you guys want to come and like apologize to me and be like, Hunter, you were right. Mother is a god awful movie. Then I will. I will. Accept I don't think that. it's a god awful movie. I think it's a shit movie. It's better than Three Billboards. Eh. That's the bar that you are comparing. You're, so that's different. like saying like, oh, it's better than Merry Christmas. It's better than a god awful movie. <laughs> it's it's uh, both movies can be. I think I think Harry should retcon his Dumbo take. Oh, good luck. Bro. No, that's never going to happen. Is, no, no, no. I think it needs to be better than what I th- said. No, I, I was going to say. I think that we are going to end up like looking back and just being like, damn, maybe Dumbo was the best live action Disney <laughs> adaptation. Uh, okay. Well, that's, uh, our listener, Brian, uh, thanks for reaching out. We have some ketchup items here. Um, I'm going to run through mine real quick. First of all, super lightning round Spielberg. I watched ET and Jurassic Park colon the lost world. Oh, um, mm-hmm. both on Netflix, uh, recommend both of them. Obviously, E.T. is a perfect film masterpiece, just high tier Spielberg. Uh, Lost World. Don't go into it expecting much, you know, don't have your your hopes high for another banger like the OG Jurassic Park. Um, did I say Jurassic World? It's Jurassic Park. It's, yeah. it's Jurassic World. Uh, Jurassic, Jurassic, the Lost Jurassic World, World colon, The Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> the Lost World colon Jurassic Park, yes. 1997. Yeah. Always a great idea to put the (laughs) (laughs) put the post colon part pre colon maybe there should be a colon after Jurassic Park still but with nothing after it. I when I was watching E.T. it was such a weird experience because I was obsessed with Spielberg when I was a kid and I read like every biography at the library and because of that I felt like I had watched E.T. a million times but I think I had only really seen it once so it, it hit really really well this time the the final act the third act i was like in tears because fucking movies man yeah cinema that's i mean that's what spielberg's best at is that kind of feeling quickly on et um yeah that movie is a masterpiece i remember it was playing in theaters i think it was like the 30th anniversary or something like 35th i can't remember what year exactly it came out but it was playing in theaters for some kind of an anniversary last fall, I believe. And I hadn't revisited it since becoming an adult. I would love to see and it in theaters. 
It's so, oh. so perfect. It's such a great movie. Not quite as good as Mac and Me, but it is still uh, really good. So I haven't seen E.T. all the way through ever. Whoa. And I have, in damn. fact, seen Mac and Me three or four times. <laughs> I watched it last week again. So I is there a scene in Mac and Me where uh, the little guy gets uh, day drunk trashed off of beers? Um, Does he get fucked up? No. Because in E.T. he does. And it's great. Yeah, it's good. And somehow he has like a psychic link to Elliot. So Elliot also gets fucking wasted. Oh, that's, in that's that was actually a directly <laughs> that directly inspired the famous McDonald's scene of Mac and me. That shit rules so hard. <laughs> Mac and me is incredible. It, it almost I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. Look, We're I mean, have to do a whole I can ep. go off about the whole we should do a whole ep because I can go in um, about how my uncle actually did a song for the soundtrack of Mac and Me That's and everything. Right. Nice. Pelham. Pelham yeah, shout out to shout out to the Flint River Band. <laughs> shout out to Greg Allen. I know you're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last thought about E.T. The John Williams score. It, it doesn't get talked about enough. I know it's like um da, 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 like that one but just like the whole score for the whole movie is magnificent and right at the end there when they're on the bikes mm. like yeah it's, oh so, it's like movie magic at it's itself so fucking good i did want to say so you like the lost world uh yes but it's not a good movie Oh, so that's the thing is that I fucking love The Lost World. It's, and it's, it, it's a bad movie. Yeah. But I kind of love how it's just like they like Spielberg doesn't ever do sequels. And he was like, I'll do a sequel, but only if it's the Jeff Goldblum show. Yeah. <laughs> Which is bizarre. <laughs> only if it's like a darker take on Jurassic Park and it's all about Jeff yeah, Goldblum. There's no plot. There's no story. <laughs> no. It's just dinosaurs fucking shit up. And then the putting Goldblum as the hero as the protagonist is such an odd move. It don't don't do that, people. Goldblum <laughs> is your side guy. He's your assist. He's I, your supporting player. I just I rewatched that movie like maybe like a month or two ago. It was pretty recently, and I was like, God, this movie sucks, but it rules so hard. Like I, because I always I had that movie on VHS. I mean, it's and still I love Spielberg, that movie all the time. so it's still like well shot, and like the effects are good. There's good creature effects, but. For standard, for for Spielberg, it's like it's probably like low tier Spielberg. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Next up, I watched the um, Beyonce thing on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Black is King. Mm. She's serving looks. Um, it's it's weird because it's like tied to the the Lion King album that she made. It's yeah. those songs from The Gift. That's what the it's Lion King colon The Gift. <laughs> Woo. Wow. Watermelon, thanks, thanks, Brian. watermelon, white claw. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> I'll take, I'm going to send you an invoice for these claws, Ernie. <laughs> or should I just send it straight to Brian? Yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll be the, I, I'm the, I'm the books. I, I'll put on my little uh, accountant hat, those little visor things. Yeah. I'll be slinging yeah, yeah, you're a little bookie. You're, you're like the bookie. Visor. The <laughs> so Beyonce, um, I, I could say a lot about this, but we got to we got to keep it uh, keep it moving. But I recommend it uh, just on a visual level. It's magnificent. There's some shit in here that's like unlike anything else you've ever seen. Like she is one of the biggest blank check artists of the modern era. Like she made that Lion King movie, slept through it 
and yeah. ju- just really to did cash, not do jack shit. Just to cash this check, mm-hmm. making this incredible feature length music video that is one of the most visionary uh, pieces of of cultural uh, appreciation and pride that I have ever seen in my life. They try to like do a story in it, which is like really clunky. It didn't make any sense at all because it it, it tries to tie into the Lion King. Mm-hmm. And there's like a little bit of like Moses in there. So <laughs> I had no idea what the fuck was going on oh. with the story. But just on a purely visual level, the choreography, the dancing, the sets, the costumes, the props, the visuals, all of that, the cinematography, everything, just impeccable shit. Check it out. Black is King on Disney+. Plus. Uh, moving on, two last things here on Netflix. Um, you guys heard of the show uh, Down to Earth with Zac Efron? Sure have. Um, checked it out. Uh, no, I heard that it's like, yo, Zac Efron is daddy now. Okay. He gained two pounds <laughs> and now he's actually uh, fat. A so, fat dad. <laughs> so on the surface, this is a neat show because it's like trying to tell stories of environmentalism and sustainable living. But for the cool crowd, we have to make environmentalism sick, bro. Sustainability is kind of it's kind of rad, man. Can you do like 30 seconds comparing him on this show versus his character in the beach bum? Oh my god, he is in the beach bum. He plays like the what is he, like he a plays Christian like the druggy, yeah, like Love Christian him. dude who's just like, yo, I can fucking kill you, dude, and I'd be saved because I love Jesus Christ. That's my guy. I had completely forgotten about that. So, that is as amazing. soon as I saw it, and I was like, ooh, bearded Efron. He never left his beach bum character. Here's my question, and the I the crux of the show kind of hinges upon this. It, Zach Efron to me is not a personality. He is someone who uh, has been sold to us as a personality for maybe a decade now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the neighbors movies aided in that. Yep. You know, all the press junkets he would do with Efron. They were trying to be all funny, funny. He to me is not that. And this is a show in which he certainly is supposed to be that. It's it's rough. I'm, I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm just going to come out and say the show's not good. But I realized about halfway through the first episode i only saw two episodes and i'm probably not going to watch the rest but i realized that it's like a kid show it's like a show that you that you show in like your eighth grade science class to your students and because of that it's like the the same thing we were talking about with we bought a zoo you know it's like it's rated it's like a pg rated thing Mm -hmm. so you kind of have to cut it some slack but if adults like it they got something wrong (laughs) yeah because i mean (laughs) If you're an adult who's like, uh, claws, <laughs> don't cut that. If you're an adult <laughs> who is, uh, into being fed this narrative of like, yo, dude, sustainability is like, <laughs> it's kind of cool though. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought about this fucking show. I was like, who, come like what kind of baby brained, like a grown ass adult? I'm sure there's people out there. You no, know, I know. It's just, it's sad that there is, I guess. I mean, and there are certain, I, I could, I, like, I imagine like Zoomer high schoolers watching this and kind of. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. It is kind of like more oriented toward kids, but you know, it, it, they, they, 
the whole premise of the show is like, it's whatever. It's like this, this guy that wrote a book about sustainable living. And then, uh, Zach Efron found him through a podcast or something. And then they developed a friendship and eventually Netflix wanted to do a show about it. Yada, yada, yada. And then they travel to all these different cities and each episode is a city and they focus on how there's things in that city or in that country or whatever that, um, add to this idea of like living more in tune with nature and it kind to the environment and all these things. First episode is about Iceland and it focuses on these uh, geothermal things and, and how a hundred percent of their energy comes from renewable geothermal uh, volcanic shit underground. Really cool. Um, but the way the show is put together is bizarre. Like they'll cut to a close up of Zac Efron, like reacting to something, but then it'll be like voiceover of him, like saying what he, what he's thinking. <laughs> that sucks. And because he cannot think he's of such something a gr- to say, and this he- is what happened with Goldblum's <laughs> God awful fucking show. Like they, these are That's- not people who are trained to do this. They're not yeah. trained television. This is an Anthony Bourdain that we're talking about here. Like he was going into these places. So my question was, is, after watching the show, are you going to reach out to Zach Efron's people and invite them down to Orlando since you work in kind of sustainable environment? Uh, invite no. them to check out some edible gardening and stuff only, that they can do? Only if I get to do the we're all in this together dance from High School Musical <laughs> mm-hmm. on the farm. Yeah, yeah that rocks. We're all in this I think that he together. might I think he might pass on that. If I <laughs> yeah, if yeah I he like went to rehab. You're like, and guess what? Shit. I got I have Vanessa Hudgens here and <laughs> <laughs> um the big reason why I even wanted to bring this up on the podcast in the first place, the second episode is about water. And it starts out on a great note. Anna Kendrick is there. They're talking about how like water <laughs> You, you can't buy just like purified distilled water. It's like if you have like a good mineral content in there, that's why like water that comes from like springs and mountains just is really, really good for you because it it's full of like rich mineral content. And when you buy like distilled or purified water, it doesn't have any of that in it. And, you know, it was kind of it's kind of like bullshit mumbo jumbo a little bit, but there is like a point to it all. And then they go to Paris and they find out that Paris just gives out free, clean water to everybody. No questions asked. And they have this fully public water program where it's not controlled by a private utility or anything like that. And you're, I'm like, wow, this is great. This is cool. I love learning about shit like this. Then. The episode takes a hard fucking turn when you realize that now they're going to this small French town where there is a legend of a girl who was visited by uh, the Virgin Mary and was told to dig a hole and search for water underground. And they were like, girl, you you're nuts. You're digging and you're like fucking up your fingers. What are you doing? Guess what? She digs and digs. She finds the water. Mm hmm. So then and let that be a lesson to you. They say, "Okay, so because she found the water, it means that she must have seen the Virgin Mary, which means this water must be holy. So now fast forward to present day. This whole place is like a Mecca for religious people to come and like be in the same place and think that they are going to be healed by this holy water space and they've appointed a actual doctor to reside at this place 
the the Catholic Church has hired a doctor to be at this place and talk to the people that come there and track their ailments to see if being there makes them heal. And there's files and files and files of all of these people's fucking uh, treatments. And the church is tracking how they're doing after coming to this place and then giving out miracles. So this classifying is classifying as miracles. This is literally the, like the South Park episode about them finding the Virgin Mary and <laughs> yeah. like declaring it a holy land. And like, this is not a real thing. Um, this documentary uh, and particularly this episode are under fire. Obviously, <laughs> there are articles all over the place about how this is full of pseudoscience and it's dangerous because like if you're trying to be objective and you fail, then you have failed your cause. But it starts out so great. That first episode, where it's like, wow, this is a little this is a, a, a show that you can sh- that you can show to your middle school science class about geothermal energy and Iceland. This is great. Then, boom, you get to episode two and we're talking about how the Catholic Church is tracking these medical files to declare as miracles. And it doesn't end there. No, we get a we get a sequence, a little mini montage of Zac Efron. No journeying into (laughs) the space, healing the sick. (laughs) I'm not lying. This is literally Beach Bum. He just he took his character from the Beach Bum and he never left that. So, so keep in mind, this whole episode is about water. So I'm expecting like, okay, he's going to, he's going to drink the water. He's going (laughs) to bathe in the water. He's going to suckle on it. Mm -hmm. Something, anything, no water, not not a shot of water. I think there's like one like stock footage shot of water. They're just in like this cave and they're like touching the cave. They're just walking around and like touching the walls of the cave. And there there's these uh, candles for prayer. And you see a, a sequence of Zac Efron lightning, lighting the candle and a voiceover of the power of prayer and the power of, of group <laughs> prayer and how we must believe in something greater than ourselves. And I'm just like, what in the fucking <laughs> world am i fucking watching right now how did this um, happen i'm i'm out um <laughs> i don't know i'm say no more in. say let no me, more fam check this out not going to watch uh i'm upset now in addition to being disinterested in the first place and i appreciate that <laughs> good god oh i just i also just really have sort of a a, a bone to pick with the idea of Celebrities who are game to do comedy, then in turn sort of becoming like figures in comedy. I I hate that more than almost anything in the world. I hate it more. But it's not trying. There are moments where it is trying to be like comedic. Oh, so he's trying to be pretty serious then? Kind of. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre because you have these moments. It's like sometimes trying to be funny. And other times trying to be serious and other times trying to be educational, but then none of it kind of blends together. So you're just left with this like pile of Netflix algorithm sludge that is meant to just be put on and not be paid attention to. Vice in particular said that this is essentially the goop lab for the boys. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, actually, sustainability is kind of kind of neat kind of rad bro we gotta go to france yo that's kind of sick dude (laughs) geothermal energy 
<laughs> dude. It's fucking cool. Yeah, dude. and then they just like watch one other thing that pulls them back to being a Republican because they never cared in the first place. And it's all pointless. Cool. Um, so that's that. Um speak, last speaking of uh unbelievably good basketball players. Gotta get left to get the rebound. Hey, hey, get did in you the know crowd, go wild. That that last second shot in high school musical, Zach Efron was like i just need one take and he made the shot why am take. i feeling so a wrong. like 12 foot jumper yeah. he just made it all on his yeah, own he, my he, head's in the game but my heart's in the that song. is like i have heard that story so many times like he was so fucking proud like Should that I go is for greatest. it it's like it there's nobody covering him and he's not that far away if you just play basketball even just a little bit it's not that difficult I mean, nothing good has happened to him since then. So, so that's the best. The Last Dance is on Netflix. All 10 episodes of The Last Dance have dropped on Netflix and I've seen all of them. And it is one of the best things I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk too much about it because I want Drew to watch it and sure. then we can do a whole episode about it. I just don't know. Like, wh- what are you waiting for? I don't I don't want to buy into Big Jordan propaganda. Look, so here's okay, wait, the thing. I want to I want to talk about that real quick. He I know he produced this mm-hmm. and I know he has a lot of say about what is in it, but it does come off as a fairly nuanced portrayal of a very frankly shitty guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure that it's worse in reality than what we see. It is. But fact, what yeah. we get you can tell that he is very fractured, very flawed, very broken, but he was also the best fucking basketball player of all time. Yeah. And you still want to see Listen, that. Listen, you don't have to win me over. I'm watching a lot of games. <laughs> I just haven't watched No, it. I No, but it is like, it is one of those things where you almost even get more in like some of the raw footage that they have of like them on the airplane and him like talking shit to some of the other players because he's just like, yeah, this dude just lost 10 grand me. He's like talking shit to his face because that's the real Jordan is this person who doesn't is incapable He's a of sociopath. ever he can never yeah. turn off the competitive spirit inside of him it's just always on every and other episode he's like and i took that personally yeah <laughs> it's him making up people and making up stories of people talking shit about him yeah which I, is a that is genuinely it's a relatively common theme among really high functioning athletes is like finding reasons to be spiteful like yeah. aaron Rodgers, for example is yeah, famous yeah. for this but i do want to know because drew you at least know the story behind the pizza um mm-hmm. pizza gate what do you think of pizza gate <laughs> so you, what, I, what speak on that i like that the episode doesn't center around all of that because the 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 thing i was fearing because i had heard about it on twitter the thing that i was fearing is that it was going to derail the story of the nba finals to tell this like side thing and i like that they just they just lay it on there they're like Mm. oh that happened move on make make what you will but i mean do you believe that That somebody poisoned him poisoned the pizza yes a hundred percent. Okay, so I do not buy that shit. He was in Utah. All. I don't buy that whatsoever. One, okay, so for one, do we think that Michael Jordan personally called the pizza and said, <laughs> yes, can you deliver it to this hotel? To My name I'm is Michael Jordan. Jordan. It's yeah, No. It's not a true name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think that it's just one of those things like, 
you see how many cigars and shit he's smoking. Like he was probably just smoked like 12 cigars <laughs> and you shouldn't eat. Yeah. yeah, he got some kind of like poisoning. He was at that point. It was his last season. He was drinking an ungodly amount. I'd imagine like, he was at some elevation in Utah. Yeah, yeah. but and it's one of the but Michael Jordan can't like sound like he's like, I can't sound like a bitch in the story. <laughs> I got I got poison. They personally knew it was coming to me. There was sick. 12 dudes outside the door that delivered my pizza to me and you ate it (laughs) either you're a fucking idiot or you're a liar he says i I ate the whole pizza by myself nobody else had it (laughs) maybe don't eat a whole pizza (laughs) right right, yeah eating an entire can you imagine if lebron james is just like yeah right before game six i just had to eat a whole pizza by myself and it it must have been poison because then i felt really bad i got a bellyache tom brady is just like before every super bowl i just get a large supreme and i just devour that shit but it doesn't myself. it actually doesn't end there because then they go to the game the day after or the or the the couple days after and they're like michael jordan is experiencing flu-like symptoms he can't he can't play today he's powering through this he he's not going to be able to make it and it's just it becomes less about like whether or not you believe that he was poisoned and and, and more about like setting up the payoff Like that's that's the biggest thing about this whole thing is that whether or not you believe the the story tracks specifically to the true events, as it's told in the documentary, it's extremely riveting. Mm. And, And for myself, like not knowing these games and how they turned out Mm -hmm. i was so enthralled like i had moments where i was standing up fucking cheering and the way it's edited and shot Mm -hmm. oh my god the beautiful jason here is so good the music drops that immediately drop you into like oh yeah this is like 1993 right yeah yeah it is I, that's why I was championing this whenever it was just premiering on ESPN, because it's the only moment. I mean, now that sports are back, we'll get into that in just a second. But the only moment of like must see television that I've had this year. I so did far, like binging it, like, it, though. Yeah, I, I enjoyed being able to just blaze through the whole thing because there are some episodes. I think that middle chunk there of like four, five, six, seven I was just so fucking zeroed in on this. Mm -hmm. It was so well done. Every episode ends on the perfect beat and you're just ready to watch the next one right away. It's so well put together. It was a really smart move to move this up. The, yeah, the dude. Oh, yeah. I, I, we, we can talk more because I have so many more thoughts to get in on it. But we're gonna have to do a whole last dance. I would love to because aside from the 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 nba of it all just michael jordan himself as a figure and what it must have meant to the people at that time to have somebody that larger than life is so fascinating to me yeah monoculture it it is unbelievable and it it is honestly terrifying like there's <laughs> moments where there's these shots kind of overhead shots of him surrounded by microphones and cameras and it is like a horror movie. Yeah, it. Yeah, that kills a lot of people like to become like, I guess I, I wouldn't say he became an awful man. He probably already always had it in him. But like that is ultimately what like killed Michael Jackson or people like that. Like it is not a, a 
uh, so anything that we are evolutionarily like programmed to deal with, you know, that level of scrutiny. There is one moment in particular towards the end. Um, I mean, obviously it's real life, but I still don't want to say specifically what it is, but he is distraught. He is crying in the locker room and you're seeing it. It's, yeah. They were filming it Yeah, well, and I mean, it just hits in a really I, unnerving place. Well, we can we can say it because it's like it's a, it's an iconic shot of it's after, you're talking about after his father died and yes. he wins the title. So that shot has been around for a long time, but the audio has never been there before. And He's that sobbing. Yeah. That hits so much more of like hearing this man who is he's a celebrity of celebrities like Jerry still <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is like losing his mind because he's like, it's mm. fucking Michael Jordan over yeah. there. Like he is bigger than God. And just seeing him like the largest figure in the world yeah. finally break down and like hearing him cry and how that that episode just kind of ends on that and just makes you sit with it. All like, I could it think about was cry. Turn the camera off, dude. Mm fucking turn it off like we don't but that's need the thing is that they this guy's they never anymore. they never did and that's kind of just one of the things about him um we have to stop talking about this. yeah um okay so speaking of basketball though sports are back baby let's talk baseball um so <laughs> yeah this is a really going to be a very narrow view of, what, uh, of sports well, so here's back. the thing is that i did actually tune into a little bit of a baseball game the other day oh, Hunter. <laughs> i watched Hunter. like five minutes and i was like the fuck am i doing because i wanted to see how they were handling virtual fans um they have much, cutouts right much more disorienting no it is like at least on like the fox feed that i was seeing it was uh the digital but it's like fake digital people they just went like full 2k with it cool um that's weird yeah it is weird um no we're mostly just going to be talking about the nba as we mentioned earlier the nba bubble is happening right now like 15 miles away from us where we are recording right now every single almost every player in the nba uh is currently like within (laughs) sniping distance (laughs) (laughs) they're within no scoping distance of us right now um no but i mean i this is the only thing that i have been watching this week because the nba is back and i was so very excited and kind of a little bit nervous to be honest no everyone Um, was i mean this is an entirely new frontier and it's been going very well yeah well it's because my concern was all right a lot of whenever the season starts in october takes a lot of people like a month to like work themselves into shape and they pretty much had an entire off season basketball didn't happen for four months like this was their off season right now so i was kind of a little bit worried about that but the gameplay has been exceptional yeah the um, primetime uh games every single night have been delivered everyone has been absolutely incredible they've been doing a bunch of stuff because a lot of people were i mean right before this bubble really started happening the black lives matter really picked up again and social justice movements and all these marches around the country and a lot of players really were skeptical about coming back because they thought maybe my voice can be better used um, at home, like in these marches and stuff like that. And it's really made me like really happy to see how much the NBA is doing for that. Aside from just having 
Black Lives Matter on the court for all the games. They just have Black Lives Matter right there. A lot of the players have uh, different kind of social justice messages on the back of their jerseys from Black Lives Matter to say their names to how many more to, things like uh, that. Vote to vote um, to if you're Gordon Hayward for the Boston Celtics education reform. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out to the white guys. Shout out to Boston Republicans. <laughs> we love them. Um, but I, I mean, it is really cool because the thing is that I was thinking about is like. And it goes for a lot of uh, the country is that if there's like a 50, 60 year old uh, conservative racist dude, he's not going to change his opinion on things. But say that person has a child and they happen to just like flip on, get excited to watch sports again. And they see that they see Black Lives Matter on the court. That's something that they will never hear in their household. But if they go home, if they do the research on their phones and everything and it helps affect the generation below us, then that's all that really matters. That it's, means that they yeah, are making a difference. It's it's just so starkly uh, the opposite of what every other league is yeah. doing. I mean, and that's I, the NBA has always been a more progressive league in that respect. But when you think about like the NFL, the biggest league that we have in America uh, about how they blacklisted a quarterback because he took a knee during the national anthem. And now that is kind of more of the normal is just people just like, no, like we are trying to yeah, make a everyone is for almost everyone is kneeling uh, at at these NBA games for the anthem. Uh, and it is just like all the protests that were framed as, you know, unbelievably violent and disrespectful. It's unbelievably peaceful. And everyone is being uh, is so respectful mm. to the flag because you can be on your knee and still fucking listen to a song. Yeah, it's so silly. It's this is also silly. It's stupid. Um, the, the main point, though, is that this is going really well from a broadcast perspective. It's mm -hmm. fun to watch. Um, it is in. Uh, it's at Disney's Wild World of Sports. So they're playing in a relatively small gym area. Uh, so it looks like a practice gym. And then, yeah, there are several rows of bleachers on the opposite side of where the cameras are. Um, and there are a series of screens featuring uh, live feeds of like season ticket holders for these teams. Wow. Yeah. Virtual yeah, fans. It's, it's so black mirror because they also they have like the family members and stuff of some of the, the yeah, players. And, they, behind them. and that is like sort of the way that they are trying to like instill a, like some sort of home team advantage uh, by just having it. So like all the fans are season ticket holders of one of the two teams, because the way uh, structurally that this works is they have essentially voided 10 games of the season mm -hmm. and resumed the regular season later on after a series of exhibitions um and then so the playoffs are soon yeah like the playoffs soon. are in like a week yeah um, 22 of the 30 teams were invited you know the 22 that had like any shot in hell of making the playoffs and uh we're gonna get playoff basketball soon and the broadcasts have been lovely another great component of this is that they are, don't have to worry about uh camera equipment blocking mm -hmm. like the high priced uh sit uh ticket areas like the low down like floor seat areas so they can get incredible angles of the game that oh. look video gamey because we're not used to seeing it this clearly and this closely so i now have a little bit of a hot take which is that i think the basketball is better without fans <laughs> um, because of well because i mean we <laughs> talked about this as well as a bunch of people online but like it almost it does kind of look like 2k yeah, uh, just like that game. you can have these tighter camera angles. Not only that is that 
players aren't as afraid to do things like dive for loose balls and stuff like that. Cause a lot of times you have to worry about if I do that, then I might collide with like six people and like with a chair and I might end up hurting my back. Yeah. They're more likely to hurt themselves. Spike Lee's going to get elbowed. (laughs) People are just like going out there and they're just like getting on the ground. They are jumping like past the, um, the actual post itself. Oh, and and then also the other, they are pumping in like artificial crowd noise, which is actually going a lot better than I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's it does sound like 2k like the, the, where you're like you'll hear like a reaction to a free throw and you're like well the crowd wouldn't go that wild for a free throw but it's still it's just noise yeah it doesn't it's ambience. it really doesn't matter that yeah, much it's, it's ambient sound and it totally works fine but you can hear the players talking so unbelievably clearly yeah. and it rocks like it they is are, they are cussing they are talking shit at each other <laughs> every it, fuck, does, every shit. it does make me laugh when there's certain teams that are playing and there'll just be like like a few more moments of just silence where it's just on tape delay for just enough for some dude just like press a button and be like oh nope can't let that fuck fly by right, like yeah network that they television have to do stuff like that <laughs> there have been a couple more technicals uh issued by refs which is funny because there is no crowd noise there that uh play- refs can hear when players are just like that was a fucking bullshit call like yeah. stuff like that um like across the whole court he's like what'd you fucking say but i think that the thing that i i mean that's probably i mean if i'm gonna like psychoanalyze myself i think that one of the things i appreciate the most is for example um last week uh whenever the first games were happening the celtics played the bucks and the bucks got away with like a bullshit extra call that like people kind of roasted the rest for online in which their star player should get kicked out i won't go too on about that and like i got so mad i was like screaming at my tv i was like that's fucking bullshit but the fact that i could just like yell at the refs and that was where my anger could be focused was on this one little game for just like a few hours and not on the giant fallout that we are currently experiencing as a country and as a world mm-hmm. was just like so relieving like yeah. it was like i can just focus my anger and my frustration my energy onto this one thing you finally and not have you to finally stop caring about black lives matter for a yeah I, hours. well <laughs> I mean, I should have I I should say that I did make a live bet while we are (laughs) podcasting on a game that I am not currently watching. What's the what's the the it was on the it was on the Celtics. They were at plus four twenty five. Live betting is the way to go. No, it really is. Plus four twenty five for the Celtics to come back and win. They are now only down by seven. Okay. So plus four twenty five is what that's, is it that's four quarter? to one odds. Fourth quarter yet? No, it's only it's they just started up the third quarter. I made the bet in the middle of the and second quarter. And did you quarter. bet the full fifty thousand that you had <laughs> lined up for this game? So Brian, we I, are bankrolling Hunter's bets. Right. I, I do want you to know I did do a little bit of cyber hacking. I got the kid from Tampa, uh the Twitter hacker, and he did just hack your account. So any bets I make are linked up to you only if I lose the money. Mm-hmm. If I do win, it does just go straight to me though. Yeah. And you're welcome. Um, and that is we bought a mic. <laughs> I had, a sports podcast. I, I know we, some, we don't ever even talk about sports on here, but that's all I've been watching. I had one week. final point about the last dance because you guys talked about like the crazy angles and the, the shots mm-hmm. without any fans. In the last dance, there are some impossible looking shots that they got. Like I first of all. It has to be shot on film because in the mid 1990s, digital video was not crisp. No, there was a lot of there's so much great film footage of the 90s Bulls. It is 
unbelievable what they got on film these mm. low angle shots right by the basket yeah and you see the entire arena full of oh people. my yeah. god it's so beautiful i was in yeah. i was in ba- well as i often say basketball is the most cinematic sport i like the way they dribble up and down the court yeah um <laughs> I, I just uh one other thing i wanted to say that's just kind of added some humor to watching basketball now is one um watching every time because one the benches they're all like stationed six feet apart from each other. Like they're like where their little chairs are that they're sitting. So you see them and they're lumped apart. But every time that player gets up and moves, you just see some Disney employee who's just like feverishly going behind them and like wiping down every seat and everything that they touch. Um, so there's that. And then also um, the sideline reporters, which already sucks. Um, fucking NBA uh, silver. If you're listening to this ESPN, whoever you're a sideline reporting, guess what? Uh, no person has ever gave, given a good answer to like, well, the jazz really, uh, they really had your way from the three point line in that last quarter. What are you going to do to fix that? Um, just get rid of that. It's even worse now because it's a reporter wearing a mask <laughs> with a, <laughs> b- with a mic that is six feet away in front of the person's Horrible face. Quality. It sucks. It sucks so hard. Just get rid of it completely yeah just put them in a booth somewhere so they can take their mask just off. don't just don't do the sideline reporting sideline reporting sucks nobody's ever given a good answer there any insight on the protocol to keep these people actually in the general Kissimmee yes, there's, area there's some lovely news with that well they they cannot leave the wide world of sports without getting cleared but, to for like specific reasons however you can just say you have a family emergency leave and then maybe go to say atlanta go to a strip club <laughs> Um, and hang out with like white shout rapper out, Jack shout, Harlow. Shout out to our boy. <laughs> I don't know. Lou Will, the king. Um, yeah, actually, though, I mean, in all uh, seriousness, people have been joking around, but kind of that was a very shitty thing that Lou Williams did. For people who don't know, he did. He left for a family emergency. Um, somebody who he was close with uh, from the Atlanta area did pass away. So he went back for the funeral and then went to a strip club and was just going to come back. But By doing that, he could have. I'm glad that he was caught because he could have endangered and like blown up the entire thing. So they knew before he came back to Orlando. Yeah, just because Jack Harlow posted a picture of Instagram with him where he's wearing the mask that they only give you in the NBA bubble. (laughs) (laughs) Like fucking stupid. So it's got to be him. Are there any any, like Steph Curry types that have chosen to just sit there? this whole thing out no 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 giant stars are sitting out the warriors as a whole are not there because their team was really bad this year so okay yeah uh, but no the giant stars are in i uh, mean if this is uh, the bubble if i mean if anything to go back to your first question Ernest, like this is kind of showing that this is the way to do it um mlb has had multiple yeah, teams now right. get infected and they've just had to put their se- their season on hold mm-hmm. um We'll see what happens with NFL because uh, NFL has a very big roster, especially including personnel and stuff. So and very hands on. Well, I mean, yeah, we know like fluid, what if what if heavy game? What if something just happens like before a big game? It's like, oh, Kansas City, the Chiefs all got infected or like their quarterback room got infected. So now not only is Mahomes not available, but none of their backups can play this game. Yeah, no, they, what I mean, happens? they're also dragging ass with their protocol. And it's it's so far the players in the NFL are very 
very upset and there are stars who are saying if this is yeah. the way it's going to be this season well, I'm not I, playing. as we know i mean brady is a a, a, a florid floridian mm-hmm. now well here's so the, thing the about pandemic Tom- is over but here. here's the thing is that you actually you are immune to the coronavirus if you've never eaten a strawberry in your life so <laughs> Tom Brady's safe. He's good to go. I mean, he's got that big Tampa energy. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like the you know the Nathan for you, uh, the gas station episode where that old man tells Nathan that if you drink a child's piss, then you know you you won't be sick anymore. Let's just say I think Tom Brady's gonna be all right. And we're gonna be all right, listeners. So thanks for tuning can in. Can you pop up another warm can of piss or before we start the next? Yeah, I'll hit up Brady. Um, you can, uh, follow us on social media at we bought a mic, please share review, like subscribe, uh, all that good shit. Let us know what you thought of everything we talked about and stay tuned for next week, uh, for another great episode. Listen to our silence of the lambs review. If you haven't already and keep it fresh, keep it with Bammy, stay safe, wear a mask. Uh, don't touch anybody. Except the basketball. If you're a basketball player, you can touch that. That's okay. And the love of your life. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye.